0: back to another week of uh the mr burgess mass podcast uh nice to have you along um wherever you are uh hopefully at home obviously um, But i hope you're enjoying this and uh welcome back to another week um it's monday as i'm recording this um suddenly i was just trying to think as i was just uh starting the podcast i was just thinking also you know what we done with the weekend oh and then i realized that uh, yeah yeah absolutely nothing um so yeah it's one of those weird one times, isn't it, when you've got a weekend? Although we've got a long weekend coming up, which, again, feels like an extra day that you don't really need. You kind of think, why not give us a bank holiday later on in the year um, when we're allowed out again? Um, we can celebrate VE Day this Friday. Absolutely wonderful. But we could do that without bank holiday. Um, we could just carry on. Um, never mind. Uh, hey, four-day-a-week. Hey! Um, so wherever you are, hope you're enjoying the sunshine though today. I just come back from a walk. It's gorgeous out there, so I'm starting to get back into, yes, nice things Uh, after the horribleness of last week. um, It's actually quite nice to be outside again. Um, I've been planting lots of plants and uh, digging my veg patch. So um, I actually had some plants start to uh, grow in the uh, little incubator in the kitchen. So I've got um, some courgettes on the go now and some peppers on the go. So I'm very excited, very excited to suddenly see them pop up, uh, literally one after the other. There was like four grew on uh, Sunday. Uh, just every time I went out, there was suddenly another one just pop out of the soil. So it's, you know, small things. Small things will uh, please you at this time, I suppose. Um, but uh, there's not a lot else going on, I suddenly thought. Um, but there we go. Quiz as standard, normal quiz on a Friday night. And uh, just to catch up with some friends on Zoom on Saturday. So, um, uh, yeah, suddenly we're back around to Monday and we're back to working Um Although, it's starting to feel like, oh, we're getting to some kind of rhythm um, in some way. But uh, my to-do list never seems to go down. It just seems to get longer, um which is really frustrating me. But hopefully, at some point, I might get through it. But uh, the never-ending tales of a teacher, I'm sure, of like just – but it's really nice to like hear back from some of you – Um especially some of you are doing uh, some of my challenges I've been setting for you. um. Uh, so uh, I've been really looking forward to seeing some of the um, circle theorems. I set a challenge for one group of uh, being creative with your circle theorems. You've hit the mark well, guys. I like it. Um, I'm sure some other groups are going to be starting to see this. I've seen some really good ones. Um, if any of you uh, don't know, uh, you can do um route planning on Strava. And uh, one of our students did it on um, Strava. So I did the cycle theorem to the park on Strava. It was amazing. I'd never even thought of doing that. Absolutely incredible. Um, I've seen it on cakes. I've seen it on people's faces. I've seen it on uh, wraps with mayonnaise. Brilliant. So uh, keep them coming in. Um, really exciting to see them. Uh, so yeah. Right, well, today we're going to start uh, with our next bit now. So we've gone through sort of the dark ages. And uh, our next bit of maths uh starts to consider well, what actually changes because we've spoken in the pod previously um, way back in the first few episodes about different uh, mathematicians who really revolutionised maths and maths has suddenly gone from being you know a subject which not a lot is happening let's be honest here apart from you know maybe circle out some triangles um, we've thought about maybe there might be some imaginary numbers we've eventually got some number system that's actually decent and the decimal system and the Hindu um, oh gosh it's gone out of my head uh, the Hindu new rules that we were doing um, but w- when does math suddenly start to just revolutionise and start to become this uh, much bigger richer body of work because most of the stuff that we've done uh, you know it's basically GCSE um, but actually maths goes a lot lot further than that and starts to change kind of how we view kind of the world and when and this really starts in the Renaissance now the Renaissance is a period of time when um a rebirth of looking at classical kind of ideas. And uh so we move on from the Dark Ages into the Renaissance and it really starts in, in Italy. Um and so in the Flo- in Florence under the Medicis. Um so uh, if you've never heard of the Medicis, look them up. Um, so the Medici family kind of ruled Florence and started to invest in culture and the arts and started to hark back to kind of classical periods and so the Greeks. And suddenly they started then thinking about maths. Um, and so people like Leonardo da Vinci, um, who is more well known as an artist really, but also you know very very intelligent, came up with ideas for flying machines, but also started to work on some maths as well um, in terms of how the aesthetics. Of um the Vitruvian man um, and understanding the centre points of circles and squares need to be for the Vitruvian man, um so we started to get some ideas of starting to build it up, and kind of the way it kind of works is that we started to get a lot more science involved, and science started to build and the scientific method started so um kind of the idea that you proposed a hypothesis and then uh, you investigated whether or not that was true. Whereas prior to that, you kind of observe stuff and then try to create uh, something, to f- a model to fit what you observed. Whereas instead, you started to theorise and then see if that was true, and that's the scientific method. Whereas maths is a bit more different. Kind of we take things, we try and we kind of conjure up an idea, same sort of idea, idea way in the science method, but then we try and prove it based upon prior knowledge, and so taking it for prior bits. It further and further and further and that's the idea of, sort of kind of greek ideas of proof then that's where proof comes into it now we start to get to some some better ideas then because we start to get to some big big hitters in the renaissance so we're going to take a few podcasts this week of looking at the renaissance and kind of some of the bigger players we've already looked at some of them so um people like euler um like um uh pascal like newton Um, like uh, Leibniz Um, so we're already starting to hit some big big names now these are the big dogs of uh, maths really Um, And so the first one we're going to look at and one of the older ones is a guy called John Napier and so he was around 1550 to 1617 so talking you know Sometimes Shakespeare, really, that sort of ideas. Um, And he was actually Scottish, so not English. He was Scottish. Um, Of course, there were separate countries at the time. um, So he was a Scottish nobleman. Um, And he kind of investigated lots of uh, ideas around maths. So one of those things was that he invented um, the logarithm. Now, in schools, we don't really do logarithms very much. But years and years and years ago, that would have been standard. You would have learnt logarithms from a very young age. No, we really don't do it till A level, um, and it's a bit of a shame, really, because actually they're really nice. Um, but he wrote a book called "The Description of the Wonderful Rule of Logarithms." I Just love that. How just, just, just put it out there. Yeah, these are got these things are wonderful. Like just straight in the title. Yeah, bring it on. Um, and uh, he decided to um basically come up with an idea of a logarithm. Now, a logarithm is a n- a number that you raise to the power of 10. So the logarithm of a number is the number you have to raise uh, 10 to in order to generate that number. Now, that sounds a bit complicated, so you might want to write some things down. So, for example, the logarithm of 100 is 2 because 100 is equal to 10 squared, and so 10 to the power of 2. And the logarithm of 1,000 is 3 because 1,000 is 10 to the power of 3. And so what we tend to do is we say log bracket 1,000, close bracket, equals 3. And that's how you work out logarithm. Now, the thing is you can work out logarithms for any number. So it doesn't just have to be powers of 10 that are nice and easy. So, for example, the log of 25 is uh, 1.39794 because 25 is equal to 10 to the power of 1.39794. Okay, we there? Yep. So you basically, to inverse it, you kind of do 10 to the power of whatever that number is, and that works out. And you can change the base of it. So you can, instead of doing it 10 to the power of something, you can actually change the base of it. So for example, you can have log base 5 of 25 is 2, because 25 is equal to 5 squared. And so you can change the base of something as well, which is an even more slightly complicated thing. Um, and yeah, so Napier kind of really revolutionized these. Now, why is that important? Well, actually, it's because if you understand some laws of logarithms, it makes uh, calculation much, much easier, especially of large numbers. So Napier was uh, kind of massively into kind of making um, calculations easier. And one of the things he did uh, is still around today, um, and we can use them. If you go to the Science Museum, I have seen a copy there. So if you look in the math section, um, and they're called Napier's Bones. Um, and Napier kind of um, came up or used a way that was being used um, around the world, particularly in the Arab world, of um, and Fibonacci as well, of multiplying numbers together. Um, and if you ever used the lattice method or the matrix method of multiplication, that's exactly what he was doing. But what we'd have is it would have a set of um, sticks, and each stick would have the times table on it. And what you would do, say if you wanted to have uh, 567 times 3, is you'd get the stick for 5, the stick for 6, the stick for 7 out, and you'd put it on, and then have the times table split in half, and the tens and units, and then in a diagonal. And then you would look at, say, the third row of of whatever it is, and you'd add up the uh, diagonal columns and that would give you your answer to your multiplication. And that is a quick way of being able to multiply large numbers um, by a single digit. Um, and it was much, much quicker, so therefore you could do things much easier. Um, don't forget, there's no calculators at this point, so they didn't come around for a long time. But what happens if you want two large numbers multiplied together? Well, what you'd do is you'd get you'd use your logarithms, and you would uh, find your logarithm of one number, And you'd find the logarithm of the other number. And you just add them together. Because, weirdly, and this kind of is one of the laws of logarithms, if you've got the log of A, a times b, then actually that's the same as log a add log b. And that's one of the kind of rules that works with logarithms. And Napier kind of proved that. And because of that, you can just add together two logarithms and then inverse it back out again. Now, this is in a book. So you have a book uh, of log tables and Napier spent um, about two and a half years producing a book of log tables. So you used to have this massive book and uh, you'd have to then look up the values of your logs and uh, you'd add them together and then you'd uh, find your inverse logs and uh, work it backwards. And we still have, as mathematicians, we still have books of tables. Now, today, we don't tend to have log tables anymore because we can do it on a calculator. Uh, but we still have uh, tables, uh, values that we'd look up things, so uh, things like normal distribution, um, uh, Poisson distributions. Uh, lots of uh, particularly in statistics, we'd have lots of um, statistical tables that we tend to look up. But you used to, you know, instead of having a, carrying a calculator around, you'd carry around your log tables. Until uh, they came up with a different system. And so uh, a little bit later on, a guy called um, William Outred, who lived uh, 1574 to 1660, uh, he came up with um, a logarithmic scale. And so uh, this created what's called the slide rule. Now, I have absolutely no idea how a slide rule works because I, um, you know, Compared to what most of you think, I'm still young, um, and it wasn't around before a calculator, um, but up until kind of even the 1970s. So you think that uh, uh, we're talking quite a long time here that a slide rule was invented for and used for, and up until the 1970s, really, till the calculator was invented, and the electronic pocket calculator particularly was commonly used. Actually, you would have your slide rule or your lock tables. Um, whereas once you've got a calculator, you don't need them anymore. And But these log tables actually lasted a long, long time. Um, now, the other bit that we need to then look at is that you don't just get logs to a base of a nice number. You can actually do what's called a natural logarithm. And this has a base of E. And as we spoke about uh, on the first podcast, actually, uh, about Leonard Euler, um, E is Euler's number. Um, and so you can take a base of this weird number and it starts to then work much better and that's called a natural logarithm and it has its own special symbol so instead of saying log something we actually say ln so it's called a lateral logarithm um, and uh, we'll talk about those at some point in the future about Euler again because I realized we didn't really touch the surface really on my first podcast uh, on Euler but uh, we'll come back to some of the other things that he did because he did some amazing things. Um, And so there's kind of two kind of English and Scottish mathematicians who changed kind of how you calculate two numbers together much, much easier. Now it works with division as well. So instead of adding them, you take them away. Um, And so we start to get to some uh, better ideas um, that work together. So there we go two ways of being able to use uh, multiply numbers together divide numbers together before you even had a calculator so instead of just reaching for that calculator you could just look up your log tables i'm sure you've got a set at home oh wait no no nor do i either like i'm going to be honest i don't have a set of log tables anymore and the fact i don't think i've ever had a set of log tables interesting though in fact the only time i ever got a book out of the library for my three years of my degree because obviously maths it's not like a one that you get lots of books out of uh, for um like lots of other subjects you get books out on like an hour basis uh so I only, I only managed to get out a set of tables because I'd left them at home that was it so in 3 years it's quite impressive um so <laughs> probably shouldn't ever say that to my lecturers at the time I'm sure they would be horrified the fact that I only got one book out in 3 years um I did get more out when I did my pgc I can assure you um, <laughs> so um Yeah, there we go. Um, A few shout-outs. So I've had a few kind of people get in touch that they say they're listening. So uh, the new math student leaders so wonderful to have you on board to team maths so uh so Katie and to Rosie uh welcome on board uh I'm glad you've been listening as well um, i think they're going to be getting some more shout outs for people who are going to be winning some competitions so listen out guys when you uh, are doing it and um, and uh we are looking forward to carrying on this week of uh going through the renaissance so uh, look up about the renaissance this week uh about what well, actually went on with all of it and all the Medici's it's quite interesting. Um, have a awesome week and catch up with you soon. Bye.